Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another empowering chat. All right. We're getting into the home stretch, everybody. Reemergence for 2022 has had a monthly theme. And this month, November, is enlightened. So let me tell you what that means. It means give intellectual or spiritual light to, to shed light on, to instruct, to impart knowledge. So all of this thing, these ideas of shedding light on to enlighten, to give instruction or spiritual light to. This is an interesting concept to actually think about because so many of us trudge along in our daily life and we do the thing, but are we hurting or feeling enlightened? Do we, are we feeling like we are aware or awake and that's what I choose. I want to be aware and awake as much as I can. And, and it takes a lot of conscious effort sometimes, or just awareness, but to shed light on. So my question to you for this month of November is where are you hiding? Where are there dark, dark pockets in your consciousness, your awareness, your life? Where are you just going through the motions? And where could you shed some light? Where could you develop some more intellectual or illuminating areas in your life? So like those dark pockets that you maybe don't want to look at, the thing you you don't want to do, or the part of you that you're constantly not happy about, maybe it's time to shed some light on that area and see really what is it you're hiding or that you're keeping under a bushel basket, like my grandfather used to say. And allow your light to enlighten others by simply shining and being the beautiful you that you are. Enjoy our shows for this month. So everybody, uh, I have this amazing guest. She's absolutely gorgeous from the inside out. And I can't wait for this conversation. In fact, I already know a couple of people I'm going to gift her book to because it's just, it's so chock full of powerful information. The book is called The Glass Ledge, How to Break Through Self-Sabotage. I love that. Embrace your power and create your success. So I want to welcome Iman Ubu. Iman, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited for our conversation. Me too. So I perused your book. I haven't read it cover to cover, but it is now on my read the book cover to cover list because it's so full of information and you got what I love exercises to do to get clear and and then a summation at the end it it's just it's just a fabulous empowerment book for men and women but but your focus is mostly women so let's talk about the glass ledge why that title because we all women know about the glass ceiling. So what's the difference? 
Yeah. So unlike the glass ceiling, the glass ledge is kind of an expression that I came up with to refer to the internal battles, or as I like to call them, self-imposed glass ceilings that typically distort our beliefs of who we are and what we're capable of achieving. In the glass ledge, basically the book and just the way I approached my, my reference is that my mission and goal was to equip women with the tools and information needed to basically master the balancing act of standing firmly on the glass ledge. But like you said, what does that really mean? So there is a very clear distinction between balancing and tumbling right over the edge. So when women are tripping over the glass ledge, and I've gone through this personally, that means when you've lost control over your path and retreat into familiar feelings of panic, fear, and hopelessness. Now, balancing upon the glass ledge is when you begin to break free from those self-deprecating behaviors and thoughts by acting from a place of self-assurance and conviction and confidence. And that's really what the whole concept signifies because I really wanted to take the focus away from constantly pointing fingers over the external factors and barriers and circumstances that stand in the way between us and our dreams and our ideal life, our goals, and really shift the focus into internal battles that sometimes make a bigger danger that stands in the way between us and what we really want to achieve out of this life. And the, the good news is that when you shift the focus into internal battles, it gives you a bit more control because those are the things you can probably solve and control and eliminate in order for you to move through life with more conviction. A lot of us don't have much control over external barriers. There's always going to be things we can't control, we can't predict for, you know, society or life or natural disasters. And we don't need to focus on what we can't control, but let's focus on what we can control and also can pose a lot bigger of a danger. And those are subconsciously self-imposed internal barriers that most of the time hold us back. I love that. I love that because, um, and that's my personal work. It has been all my life, you know, is to get out of my own way sometimes. Because that internal battle, I think it's true for women actually more than men, although I do know men go through it, but because we've been culturalized and indoctrinated in many ways not to trust ourselves and therefore we externalize who I'm going to get my appreciation, approval, love from, as opposed to really balancing, like you say, within ourselves and, and, and trusting that we do have those inner solutions already. Right. Absolutely. And also there's a lot of research that supports that oppressed groups often cope with external barriers by internalizing that discrimination and prejudice they're experiencing. And I think that's why, you know, women and minorities sometimes have a lot more internal barriers that we subconsciously put up for ourselves because we've, that's how we cope with how we internalize, how, how we experience these external barriers. So for example, for me, when, you know, I was out there fundraising for my first company and I went through sexual harassment. Um, you know, there, there were a lot of different rejections during that process. And the way I coped with that without even realizing at the time was internalizing a lot of it and turning it into my own truth and making it my own narrative. So 
at some point I started realizing that I was actually subscribing to those thoughts and the way others defined me and the fact that I was sexually harassed. And I started thinking maybe, uh, you know, maybe they're right. I'm not meant for this line of business. Maybe I'm not as good as other potential founders. Maybe this is going to be a failure. Maybe I don't have what it takes to really create a successful company. So a lot of those thoughts started becoming dominating over and over without me realizing. And ultimately that ended up sabotaging my own vision, my own success, and took away the passion I had for creating that business in the first place. And so that's that's why in, in the book, what I really wanted to do is prompt women to ask themselves those difficult yet necessary questions in order to call to the surface their uncomfortable inner truths and self-limiting beliefs. And then I really just want women, when they read the book, to find a way through those exercises, those storytelling that I was including from other women as well, my own experience, to learn how to regain that control of their internal dialogues and narratives rather than allowing those preconceived societal expectations define their limits. Again, this is a lifelong process for, mm-hmm. for many of us women. And I'm now in my 60s and I'm, I'm just now in the last several years coming into my own awareness of how much I outsourced, you know, how much I surrendered my personal awareness to other people like my Mm ex-husband and to then regain and recall back to myself, my own personal power so I can stand in it. It is an ongoing process. And I love that you have these prompts to get women to question within themselves, what is our truth and what was the experience we had growing up? You're okay. I got 500 things to say. Mm -hmm. I got 500 things. Okay. Because this book so excites me. First of all, thank you for all the research you did because in the back of the book, the, the, the references you list, I mean, I could pick any one of those and chew on them for a while Mm -hmm. and all the different people you interviewed and talked to and where you pulled your source material from. But then you broke up the book into um, interesting categories. When I first looked at the table of contents, I was like, huh, well, that's interesting because you you broke it up into power, likability, presentation, authenticity, conflict, confidence, balance, competition, expertise, and belonging. And as I started going through your book, I, I you know, when I went through likability, I was like, well, I, I, I kind of always had that. I always wanted to be included, right? And to me, that, that was likability. And I think a lot of women want to be included, but then moving into presentation, you talk about judgment, how we judge the appearance of others because, and I so related to your stories in that section, because I was judged so much being a natural redhead. And then, you know, when I was in elementary school and junior high, people would tell me I was stuck up and I I didn't even understand where they got that idea Mm -hmm. because I just kind of was quiet, you know? So those are things that women have to overcome a lot, I think, and really yeah. find their their inner truth. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and again, I think when we're not self-aware and when we have when we don't spend enough time sitting in self-reflection and doing the inner work and really understanding who we truly are outside of what people think about us, outside of how society sees us or defines us. Then when we start receiving those judgments or comments or when we start um, having to overcome certain 
adversities, we may, those can easily get to us because we don't have enough self-awareness to dismiss them as just other people's insecurities being projected on us because we truly know who we are. Just like your example, obviously you didn't know what stuck up meant at the time, but people kind of thought of you that way. But you know, you were young and, you know, when we're, we're usually young, we don't have that much self-awareness. We kind of go by about how people define us. But as you grow into the woman you're meant to be and you want to be, you start gaining that self-awareness. And then now people, if they come at you and tell you you're, you're stuck up, you probably, you will, you will just dismiss that without being triggered by it because you know, deep down, that's not who you are. And you can probably tell yourself at that point and tell that person too, that they just simply don't know you well enough to be able mm-hmm. to make that judgment. And that maybe they judge you based on their own insecurities and that that's what they're projecting on you. And so, you know, when you're that self-aware, these little, like, these things become background noises and you kind of move through them without having to worry about internalizing. It's, it's kind of like that quote where the, uh, the elephant keeps walking as the dogs keep barking. And so mm-hmm. that's how you become in this situation. You become the elephant who's unfazed by the dogs barking. You're walking on your own pace. You're doing your own thing. You're big. You're taking up space. You're, you know, moving in your jungle. You're living your life. And the dogs are going to keep barking in the background. And you're going to keep being you because that doesn't get to you. And so that's ultimately, right. you know, I think that's ultimately to me how I define happiness, fulfillment, and even success is being able to live through, like go through life in a way where I know that the only thing that matters is knowing who I truly am, having great values, standing by them and achieving things and doing things that are truly authentic to me and not based on what people expect out of me or what society society tells me to be or do. And that's ultimately when you know you've won. If you can have enough conviction to be that person that lives life through her own lens, as opposed to being easily swayed and influenced by the outside factors. You know, I, I totally agree with you on all of that, because um, in my experience, the more I have, and plus I'm at a certain stage of life where it's like, who cares, right? I don't care what you mm-hmm. think about me, but the more I've embodied myself and I just act out of my own inner awareness and confidence the more, the less people say negative things to me or about me because I'm just being me. And I think that that is really the ultimate goal is, is if we can all just embody who we are and we're all so many unique individual expressions, you know, that, and you talk about inclusivity in, in the book as well. If we can be inclusive within ourselves, right. With all the different pieces of ourselves that maybe we we distanced from because of our upbringing or trauma, if we can just include all those pieces within ourselves, then we become these stellar beings that get to have, like you said, that get to win, that get to have the the rich, full life experience that we were meant to do and be. Yeah, absolutely. And and it starts with uh, building that self-awareness again. And this is kind of literally my only biggest advice to people, whether it's women or men, is just learn to prioritize building your self-awareness because ultimately that's how you know you've built a strong foundation to truly live an authentic life. And in order for you to build that self-awareness and also the really big prompt behind the book is to help you achieve that. And I've written the book in a way where it doesn't really tell you 
how to be and what to do and gives you all the answers you need to know, because I know it's kind of, everybody's different. Everybody wants different things out of life, but it really helps you ask yourself the hard questions that typically you don't do and you're not prompted to do so on a daily basis. And being honest with yourself and having that dialogue with yourself as if you're having it with a friend, just the same way you would give advice to friends saying, look, I see that you're being triggered by this. You should really look into that. Where does that come from? Why does this trigger you so much? How can you overcome that? And how can you release that? You know, you, you start telling that to yourself now, like saying, oh, this person triggers me because it reminds me of X, Y, Z trauma that I haven't really processed yet or released. And now that I can do that, if I release that side of me, then I can finally be in tune with who I truly am. And this person will no longer trigger me, or this type of person will no longer trigger me, or this type of environment will no longer get the best of me. And I will thrive no matter what environment I'm in. And so that's really the premise of the book is really, that's why I I, I broke it all off in different themes, because those are the most important themes, I think, when we're building ourselves, especially from a professional standpoint, but also a lot of it is applicable to personal life as well, but really finding a balance. And that's, that's, again, why I chose the ledge, the glass ledge as a reference, as a metaphor is because when you're on a ledge, you really want to be balanced. And that's how you want to stay, you know, you don't want to lose your balance on a ledge because God forbid you fall or whatever. But the idea of being on a ledge is really, if you're able to master that act of balancing, then you'll be able to stand on that ledge and really see everything from from a, a higher perspective. And that's the idea here is that you need to approach each of these themes to achieve balance. There is no one way or another, you know, like it, there is no such thing as not wanting power at all or, or wanting too much power. So how do you mm-hmm. find balance? What does it mean to you? Same thing with likability. Um, you don't want to be completely unlikable and unfazed because that doesn't help your career or yourself at all in terms of nurturing relationships and, and networking. But also you don't want to be too uh, likable and you don't want to be too concerned with being likable because then that hurts your authority and your confidence and your ability to um, create boundaries and stick to them. So that's the idea is that when you look at a theme like that, you look at it from two different sides of the spectrum. And then based on the exercises and the questions and the stories I include in each chapter, it will help you figure out where that balance is for you. I love it. And, and, and like I said earlier, I love that you have exercises. And so a lot of them, you call it the ledge work. Um, a lot of them are visualizations, which I personally love. That's what I have my clients do. And I'm looking at the one in the authenticity chapter that I, I really enjoyed. And you're ask us to visualize letting inauthentic beliefs go and visual. So thinking about a time when you allowed someone to push you around and how did you, and you weren't authentic about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and then you later in that chapter, talk about the, how you deal with the emotions of what comes up when you aren't being authentic Mm -hmm. and how to find that balance again within yourself. I I love it. I love, I love the homework. I really do. Yeah. I mean, that's, again, that's the important part is that if you can't really put this into practice, right. Cause you can read about authenticity all you want. There's so much on it out there in every article, there's research papers. There's a lot of books that are just on each of these themes alone. So there's a lot of great content out there that can help you 
and learn about it and maybe shift your perspective on it for a few minutes while you're reading about it. But are you going to be able to put that into practice? Because I think ultimately the idea is that authenticity is just a big buzzword right now, but it means different things to different people. And then when you dig deeper into it as well, you start understanding like what, when are you being authentic and how can you start telling if you're being authentic? So you can start kind of peeling those layers And trust me, it becomes actually really fun. I know at the beginning when people are not used to doing these kind of exercises and having these internal dialogues with themselves and sit in self-reflection, it's a little bit uncomfortable and sometimes it might feel like a waste of time. But I think as you start getting better at it and you start uncovering things that you never knew or thought before, it it becomes a really fun game to a point where there was a time where I just loved staying home on weekends and just doing the inner work on my, on myself and finding the right exercises and questions to ask myself to completely get to know myself from the inside out, from the outside in and, and be able to build conviction in who I am and my values and my authentic beliefs and also letting go those limiting beliefs that I knew were working against me when it comes to achieving uh, my fullest potential, uh, going after my dreams and really, you know, I don't know, asking for a promotion or asking for funding. A lot of those require ultimate confidence for you to be able to pull that off. And if you're not able to really understand where that confidence comes from and channel it whenever you need it, then it's going to be hard to show up in those, you know, situations with conviction to, to get the outcome that you want. I mean, ultimately that's really what we want out of life. We set goals, we have dreams and we want to go after them, but the best way to achieve them is to also build ourselves and to align with that type of life that we're going after. Yes, I absolutely, absolutely agree with you hundred percent. And and it's so important to know yourself. So when you sit home on weekends doing your inner work, as you were speaking, I was hearing the question, could you name three things you found within yourself that you now hold as valuable? Yeah, so I knew, I, I realized what my trigger points are and what was the source of my anxiety. And so that that was um, ultimately a way for me to know when I'm not when, my, when who I'm being today is not aligned with my authentic self. And for mm. example, I know that um, sometimes I would go into really, really important meetings that, um, you know, were going to be the meetings that determine whether or not I could be successful at this company or, or not. So, and then I know how important they are, yet I let myself sabotage those meetings because I was so afraid of certain things. And because I was afraid of failure or maybe of not of coming across that I don't know much about financial models or numbers. Um, So I had to kind of put this in my mind that I'm not good at X, Y, Z. And because I put that in my mind, then I became afraid of that task. And then because I was afraid of it, then I started prepping for it less and less because I didn't want to deal with the anxiety I had around that fear of dealing with that task that did not compel me at all. And because I didn't prep for it, then I showed up to meetings. And when I was asked about that, I froze and I ultimately attached that. So it's a good, so, so that was just an example of how 
wow, how did I not get what I wanted out of that meeting? Because I know I have what it takes, but then, and it's not someone else's fault. It's not the power imbalance that I blamed before. It's not anyone else that really got in the way. And I got in my own way because I was afraid of a certain task. And because I was afraid of it, I shied away to avoid anxiety and I didn't prep for it the right way. And then because I didn't prep for it the right way, then I didn't do a good job presenting it and standing by it and showcasing the potential of it to investors or potential business partners or customers. And so my sales pitch or elevator pitch kind of failed because of that. To sum this up, what I'm trying to get at is taking responsibility and accountability for your shortcomings. Sometimes you can realize that not everything's happening to you. Sometimes you're the one making decisions that are standing between you and the outcome you're wanting. And most of the time, I would say 99% of the reason why that happens is because of fear of something. In my case, Mm -hmm. it was fear of failure. Maybe someone is fear of abandonment. Someone else's fear might be of judgment. So there's some kind of fear that usually holds you back and it translates into every decision you make and every action you take. And at some point, you just have to look really deep in the mirror and say, what am I doing right now that is holding me back and not making me move forward towards the goals that I'm setting myself? Very few people in life do that because the human nature and the initial reaction most of us take in these situations when we have an outcome that isn't favorable to us is to right away blame and point fingers. Oh, this didn't work out because this person was late or that person didn't do their job or that person was rude and mean to me and intimidating. And so because of that, I shy. You know, there's always something out there. And if you look for it, you'll find it. But very few of us look inward for that reason and try to fix it. Because if you do, then the good news about it is because it's inward and it's in your control and you can fix it and you can go back and do it again. And this time you will succeed because you have fixed the source of uh, what's holding you back. And that's really, I think, the thought process and um, the mindset that I'm encouraging throughout the book, whether you're dealing with any kind of theme in your, in your life, any kind of situation, this theme is just a cycle. And, and it's, I mean, sorry, this mindset is, is based on this cycle that you can repeat and almost solve any, um, issue that is holding you back from the life you're you're trying to create. So Iman, it's, it's, with everything you said, what it sounds like is you are, you have come to the place of allowing your, your, I use the word spiritual, but your inner source, your inner self, which Mm -hmm. is part of a source energy to then work with you as opposed to against you. You know, when we're out, when we're looking outside of ourselves for shame, blame and, and success or not, we we are separate from that inner source. And it sounds like you are now leading in your business, in your life from a, a joining together of your inner source and your intuitive awareness that you've been building on that is now becoming a foundation for your success by taking 
by looking within and taking self-responsibility of where you were holding yourself back, taking accountability for some of those things without, without shaming and blaming yourself, it sounds like, um, mm-hmm. so that you can then move forward. And, and I think being a, aligned authentically means aligning with that inner source energy that has, that is that intuitive guidance system. Once you clear out that, that garbage, you know, once you clear out the junk that society family tends to heap on us without us being aware, it sounds Mm -hmm. like you've achieved that. I'm, I'm so grateful for you. Yeah, I mean it's also it's a work in progress too. You know, I'm right. not to say I don't have days, and also just to be to to set realistic expectations for listeners and just we're all humans, right? There are days where sometimes our negative thoughts or doubts take take over um, our minds or, or get the best of us. And but I think again, the key here is to be able to acknowledge when that happens and stop it mm-hmm. or shift your perspective or maybe go for a run or walk, but, that, but just being able to acknowledge that that's happening right now to you. And you're probably not able to make decisions right now because you're, you know, you're having a bad day or you're having a moment and just being able to objectively observe that and let it pass. Don't dwell in it. Don't try to fight it. It's human. Yeah. But then, you know, when you're able to say, okay, tomorrow's another day, you wake up and now today I'm going to uh, take control over my day and start from a positive perspective and focus on what I can control and go after what I really love doing um, the most so that I can continue fostering that positive environment around myself and make sure that you catch yourself when you're not fostering that positive environment around yourself, because that's when you end up making wrong decisions and making uh, impulsive decisions that ultimately could be sabotaging. And the other thing, like you said, yes, it's just really taking a responsibility and accountability in my own path, in my own life, and knowing that I that my choices and decisions are my own, and not also falling into the victimhood mindset, because that's very easy to do. And once you do that, it's a spiral. And it's sometimes harder to come back out of it, you know, feeling sorry for yourself, feeling uh, like you've been mistreated by the outside world. And I'm not saying that that doesn't happen. Yes, those those situations happen. And sometimes we don't have control over them. And sometimes we just have to sit with them and feel them. But once you're done feeling it, then start shifting your thinking and saying, okay, now that that happened to me, that's not fair. I get it. But what can I do to take my life back? What can I yes. do to lack that control? And, and that's really it. It's just really realizing in certain moments of despair and panic and fear that ultimately you have control to switch things around. It, it might take a while, you know, but at least making that decision to, to be in control is a good first step. And then taking it step, step by step after that, just being able to start sitting in self-reflection and being able to say, where do I, where do I start here? Or what is the source that is making me feel this way? And how can I switch that around? Because that ultimately puts you in alignment with the universe, with your inner source, with your higher self. And then now you're, you're conspiring with that energy to be able to get you to where you want to be. And I used to think that, uh, you know, like I have to just in terms of uh, succeeding in life or in business, you just go out there and start acquiring more hard skills. And I need to learn how to code. I need to learn how to do this. But what I learned also is that there is no amount of hard skills you can learn that's going to get you to where you want to be if you're not aligned in the first place. So it starts there. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Oh my God, you speak my language. Mm-hmm. Yay. So 
Iman, let's shift just briefly. You have a podcast called Sway, yes? Yes, I did. I don't, I, I, yeah, so I stopped recording a couple years ago. So, okay. I, I, but yeah, you still so have Sway Media. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I have Sway.com, which is a publishing platform for underrepresented voices to share their stories of resilience, strength. You know, I call it content mentorship. So, it's a way for women and underrepresented voices to be able to tap into an outlet and a distribution channel to build their thought leadership and create their brand through content creation and storytelling. So if people go to swaymedia.com, they can find these stories. Sway.com, S-W-A-A-Y.com. Yeah.com. Awesome. Because we definitely need to hear our stories. We need to be able to speak them out loud. And mm-hmm. Iman, you have, you have done that today with me. I so appreciate you sharing everything. The book is called The Glass Ledge, everybody. How to Break Through Self-Sabotage, Embrace Your Power, and Create Your Success. Mm-hmm. And Iman, I just want to read that the very beginning, there's a quote, and I just love quotes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in it, you say, it's only when you have the courage to step off the glass ledge that you'll realize you've had wings all along. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing the work you're doing in the world. And I wish you heaps and heaps and heaps of success and you having all that you dream of. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Um, and I appreciate all the amazing uh, endorsements of the book. I'm so glad you see a lot of value in it. And that's really all I wanted out of this book is to be able to help many people take back control of their lives. Yes, absolutely. And like I said, I'm sending it to a couple of people. Woohoo! <laughs> great. So, Make a great gift. Absolutely great gift. And it doesn't have to be Christmas for a gift. Let me yeah. tell, tell everybody that. So Iman Ububu, thank you. It's the glass ledge and everybody, you guys need to get a copy of it because it's just chock full. It's going to be on my uh, resource table for myself when I'm in, when I'm feeling stuck, I'm just going to open it up and there I will know what I have to do next because you've told me Iman. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm just going to end with, and so it is namaste. Well, that wraps up our empowering chat today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, go to susanburrell.com. You can see all the information about my new book, Live an Empowered Life, A 30-Day Journey. You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website and just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience. You can also contact me through the website at Susan at SusanMorell.com. That's it for today. See you next time.